Welcome to the 61st episode of Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by sports columnist Ann Killian. Ann has been providing awesome Warriors content all year, and she's in Houston with me for games three and four of the Western Conference semifinals. After media availability Sunday, we caught up at our hotel about Kevin Durant's dominance, Stephen Curry's struggles, and whether the Warriors should be worried after getting out-hustled in Game 3. On Sunday evening, Ann Killing and I chatted at our hotel not far from the Toyota Center. And it's Cinco de Mayo, and we're here in wonderful Houston, Texas, celebrating this festive holiday with, a, with a Modelo. A little bit later, I think we're going to be going to a Mexican restaurant with a bunch of other riders, so... Uh, now that we're done with our writing for the day, we're trying to trying to enjoy the festivities. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Houston's a good place to celebrate it. There's a lot of good Mexican food. Yeah. No, it's uh, it, it Houston. I've had some of the best Mexican food of, in my life in Houston. Not necessarily at this restaurant we're going to a little later, but uh, there's some amazing Mexican restaurants here. Yeah. Houston is an underrated city. It's It's kind of a weird city, especially we've been here all weekend and it's dead. Uh, it's absolutely dead downtown um, because everyone lives out in the suburbs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, just like Cleveland used to, this feels like, uh, you know, if it's May, we're going to be in Houston. That's kind of the way the Warriors roll. Yeah, for sure. And the the Warriors have kept it interesting, which has kind of been the theme of this whole season. Whenever you think that they're going to run away with something, they take a step back. And I think in a lot of ways, Game 3 was – predictable um just because the rockets had so much more to play for i mean their season was really hanging in the balance we all know that no team ever comes back from a 3-0 deficit in the playoffs especially against a team like the warriors um so they played inspired they played like their season was on the line and you really saw that in the hustle plays uh 17 to 7 advantage on the offensive boards which i thought was probably the most important stat from the game um, PJ Tucker was really big in that department and, uh, we're able to pull it out in overtime. What was, what was your biggest takeaway from last night? Well, um, I kind of agreed with what Steve said, the, the warriors, if they, they almost won that game. And if they had won it, it would have kind of been, you know, stealing one away from the basketball gods. Cause they didn't really deserve to win it. They were pretty much outplayed, you know, like you said, the, the rebound totals, especially the offensive rebounds show that. Um, I, I I didn't ever think the Warriors were going to sweep this series. I mean, this is a team that is really good. This probably should be the Western Conference Finals. Uh, they took the Warriors to seven. You know, they're experienced. They're well coached. They have a ton of pride. They have one of the best players in the universe in James. And I, yeah, I mean, I always thought we were going back to Oracle for a game five. The big question will be what happens Monday night and will we be going back here for a game six? Definitely. And, you know, one thing that I wouldn't say I was concerned because obviously I'm not a fan of the team, but I thought the Warriors should maybe be a little concerned about uh, entering game three was just the fact that Clay hadn't had a typical Clay outburst in a while. Steph has not been the dominant playmaker that he's known to be. Um, and then it felt like both those guys took steps back again last night. Um, you wrote all about 
Steph struggles. Um, he had probably one of the worst playoff games of his career last night. Um, what's what's wrong with him? Is it the finger injury? Is it something even more serious, or is it just something? Just a, do you just chalk that up to a bad night? Um, I kind of chalk it up to a bad night because we've you know I was I went through his playoff game by games uh, today, and he has had bad games in the playoffs before. It's just that when he's spectacular it kind of erases our memory that he is a fallible human being and can have a bad game. Uh, but I think he's got the finger thing working. I think he has the uh, ankle thing is also there. You know, I mean, it was just um, a little over a week ago that we were really wondering if he was going to be able to play in game one, which was a week ago today because of his ankle, um, which he tweaked uh, in the last game against the Clippers. Then he dislocates his finger uh, the other night in Oracle. Um, so he's banged up, and, you know, he hates it to hear, you know, that he's kind of a small body, but he is kind of a small body for the NBA. NBA. And and so, you know, these games take a, tear, a wear and tear on him. Um, and I think, he, I mean, he he's... He also, some of those plays were frustration plays. You could see it, especially late in the game. I mean, when I went back, I didn't realize until today that I went back and he was 0 for 6 in the fourth quarter in overtime. Yeah. I mean, he did not make a shot in clutch time, which is so not like him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's something to be concerned about. But as um, all his teammates, Andre and Draymond and his coach, Steve Kerr, said, you know, they expect him to come back and be really good tomorrow night. And historically, if you look through his game by games in the playoffs, you know, he'll have a 14 point game and come back and score 35 points the next in the next game. So he does rebound. He does focus more. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't really have too much concern, but the fact that he's only shooting 25% from three point line against Houston in this series is that's kind of weird. Yeah, and I think the thing that really stuck out to me last night was just how many bunnies he missed. I mean, what? How many layups did he miss? Like three or four at least. I think he. I think he missed six. Yeah. I think he missed six layups, and then of course the um, slam clunk, as I called it, because uh, <laughs> that was kind of embarrassing. It's like, why were you even trying to dunk? The game I, was kind of over at that point. I was shocked to see him go for the dunk there because I mean I've talked to him about his dunking in the past. It's something he only does in a blowout garbage time type situation you look at all his dunks in the past he's only made one dunk all season for him to attempt to dunk and you know i don't think the game was quite over yet but that was kind of their last gasp and so you take the high percentage shot and the higher percentage shot for him is the layup so i it, to me it kind of spoke to just him not being totally mentally where he needed to be last night yeah and again that's something that's very um odd for us to see because We've seen his, some of his teammates be mentally not where they need to be, but Steph is almost always the one who sets the tone, sets the focus, and is really locked, you know, locked in, lock in, Dub Nation. That's what he tweets out at before every game. So, um, yeah, something. It seemed a little off. He's been a little off through the series so far. Um, again, I don't. I, I need a bigger sample size before I start to panic. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but the the other side of it, the other side of the coin is Kevin Durant has been absolutely unreal. Um, he's just been ever since he announced in that that media scrum after game two of the first round when he only took eight shots. I'm Kevin Durant. You all know who I am. I'm Kevin Durant. 
uh, he's been just incredible. I mean, one of the most impressive playoff stretches I've seen from a superstar player ever, uh, averaging around 40 points on well over 50% shooting. Uh, his usage rate is second in the NBA since then behind James Harden. And uh, he's kind of put the Warriors on his back. Uh, and it, it has it, it feels different than last year where he was really forcing things, you know, those ISO situations. And it felt like he, he was doing it at the expense of the Warriors system, whereas I feel like he's doing a better job of finding his looks within the flow of the offense. They're still moving the ball. They're still having good assist totals. Um, but he, he just is so locked in. And you and I – both wrote a little bit about this yesterday. Steve Kerr has said, gone out of his way three times in the past week to say that Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. Now, do you think that that's just genuinely Steve feeling that way and just just happening to come up in, in, in interviews? Or do you think he's going out of his way to make sure that Kevin feels empowered? Um, maybe a little bit of both. I think he feels that way. I think Steve feels that way. I think right now, pretty much everyone watching the NBA feels that way. Um, and I think also he knows that he has a player who likes to hear that, you know, that, that has been a theme for Kevin in the past couple of playoff runs, especially when he faces LeBron one-on-one is who's the best player in the world. And Kevin really wants to be the best player. And I think now without LeBron, in the picture and probably, you know, has, I would expect that LeBron has seeded the title because I can't imagine at his age and with the team he's on, you know, the Lakers in shambles, uh, that LeBron's going to rise up and suddenly like flex and be like, I'm the best player in the league still. Um, could happen, but I don't think it will. And so it's just, Kevin Durant is clearly playing at another level than everyone else in the league. And and it isn't just the scoring. It's mostly the scoring. But, you know, I thought he played pretty – he's been playing pretty good defense. He did. He made, he made some great finds uh, yesterday. Like, you know, Andre and uh, Clay both hit threes coming off Durant assists late in the game. Um, I, I just think he's uh, – he could up his rebounding a little bit. He had zero turnovers last night. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, he he's just and there seems to be, um, you know, we spend a lot of time analyzing Kevin Durant, his emotions, his thoughts, what's going on in that head, you know, and he knows it. Some, I think he kind of likes it that he gets that much attention, but he also gets irritated by it. But, you know, I just I feel like these last this last week or so, maybe two weeks he's kind of been in this zone not only on the court but kind of off the court he seems like kind of calm and happy and and like you know I don't know I think he you know he always says I just want to hoop man and I think he that's what's going on with him yeah. like it's it's high pressure games they mean a lot he's hooping at the best at the highest level you can you can play at the the issues about free agency are kind of falling aside because there's other things to talk about now. There's real things to talk about, real games that are meaningful. And so he just seems kind of happy right now as well as, you know, unstoppable. Yeah, you know, I think I think he always – this is kind of his happy time of the year because, like you said, he, he he's always preaching to us, well, let's focus on basketball. And now 
pretty much every question he's getting is about how great he is and how, uh, and about the X's and O's and, and all that stuff. And I do really enjoy just sitting back sometimes and listening, listening to him break down the game because he has such a special basketball mind. He understands the game in a way that very few players do. Um, he has a borderline photographic memory, almost kind of like LeBron in that way, where he can you can ask him about a play and he'll tell you exactly where everyone was and and that kind of thing. Um, but I also think part of it has to be the fact that he he probably has an awareness that he is becoming known as the best player in the world. I think he he thought a few years ago that he should have that title, and I think it's becoming clear to him that he's finally getting that credit and i think that matters a lot to him i think that matters an incredible amount to him i think it does too and of course i mean i just don't think you're going to get that title while lebron is still playing you know and playing at a high level you know carrying a, a very flawed team on his back into the finals you know that, that no matter what you think about lebron's game in in recent years um you know he just he did some amazing things um and then which is why it's so weird that he kind of went to the Lakers and, and let that be the storyline. But, um, but Kevin is just, yeah, I mean, he's in his prime. He's, he's, he is uh, just a force. I mean, Draymond was funny today, just saying like, like kind of laughing, like, I don't know. I don't under, cause someone was asking, I, one of the reporters was asking, you know, do you even understand what Kevin is doing right now? He goes, I don't understand it. I can't explain it to all of you either. Cause it's just, you know, it's, it's fun to watch. He's also um, uh, being a leader. Like, I, I think his leader, Draymond, I think, said to a reporter after the game last night um, that his leadership qualities, uh, Kevin's leadership qualities, are underestimated uh, and, and not talked about and that they're really coming through right now. Um, so, yeah, it's fun to see, um, you know, uh, uh, Van Gundy, cracked on the broadcast last night that the Warriors were going to have to retire their strength and numbers uh, slogan, which is true because, you know... They've got nothing from the bench, really. Yeah. They're they're getting nothing from the bench, and like last night, they weren't getting anything much from Steph, so, you know, it was, it was the Kevin Durant show, and it's very fun, but I don't think they're going to win a championship that way. They really need to get the other guys locked in and, and contributing. Yeah, and, you know, I, I say the bench isn't doing anything because... Andre Iguodala is no longer a bench player. He's obviously in the starting lineup, but he continues to amaze me. Um, I mean, he's 35 years old. He's got so many games under his belt, and he's going up like he's in Philly, you know, in the dunk contest again. He's playing like like with those spry legs and with that same level of athleticism, and he has been by far their best player this season outside of, you know, the, the, the really core all-star guys. Um I think he's had his best season in at least three years, probably. Um, and I know it's statistically in the regular season, it may not reflect that, but anyone who watched the games knew how important he was, especially given that they weren't getting a lot from the rest of the bench. Um, what do you think about what he's been able to do at this stage of his career? It's it's amazing. And um, like some of the, the guys were talking about the other day, Draymond was saying, you know, every every, you know, you get to the playoffs and you think, yeah, maybe this isn't going to be his year because, you know, he's getting old. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, he turns it on. And this year he's turned it on in a way we haven't seen in a couple of years. Um, you talked about listening to Kevin talk about basketball and how he's, you know, like a 
basketball savant. That's something that I don't know that um, the fans understand just how cool it is to talk to some of the great basketball minds. I mean, Andre is one of them too, and so is Draymond. These guys are so smart and so can explain the game and and the way they talk about the game. It, it's really fascinating. It's it's kind of like. Um, you know, there's always, as sports writers, we hear about, you know, people sitting in the dugout, like talking to old baseball guys and learning the game from them. And that's kind of the way it is with this team. They're, they're basketball geniuses and, and they they really like to just talk about basketball. Um, <laughs> sometimes we ask them about a lot of other things, but, but Andre is, you know, Steve says it every time he even says anything about Andre. He's one of the smartest players he's ever been around and there's no doubt Andre is pretty amazing. Yeah, I think a lot of people, a lot of like the casual NBA fan might assume, oh, these guys got to the NBA because they're just freak athletes and they're super tall and they have these crazy wingspans. And that's true to a certain degree. I mean, there there definitely are players in the league who are in the NBA solely because they're just freakly gifted physically. But to be one of the top players in the league, to be truly elite, you have to pair those physical tools with – an unyielding work ethic and incredible basketball IQ. I've talked to, I talked to, I think Ron Adams a while ago and he's like, you know, one thing that's weird about the NBA is the best players. You would think that sometimes a lot of times the hardest working guy on the team would be, you know, the bench warmer guy who's trying to prove himself. But, but in reality, the hardest working guy on the team is always the best player. And a lot of the laziest guys are the bench warmers and Kevin Durant and Steph, (sighs) And Draymond, all those guys, Clay Thompson as well, Andre, Andre the, all those guys work their their butts off. I mean, legitimately. And you and you wrote something about that um, today. You wrote about the interplay between Harden and Durant when they were young players on the same team, and how that that work ethic they kind of fueled each other and they pushed each other and they learned from each other about how hard to work. And um, you know, I know a lot of people don't really like James Harden's games. People who root for the Warriors, but. You know he's an amazing player, and he and he has a really solid work ethic. And like we were talking about today, no one has ever said anything degraded him as a bad teammate or anything like that. I mean, people don't like his game, but he's a he's a great player, and I think everyone's got to respect that. Yeah, I, I I don't really fully understand all the hate for James Harden I, because he he has a couple tactics to draw fouls, but the reality is. He's not doing anything to go against the rule book, really. I mean, he's he's exploiting a couple loopholes in in the rule book, and there's nothing wrong with. In, in in reality, that's actually really smart, and I'm actually surprised that more people haven't figured out ways to do that before him. Um, I kind of respect it. I mean, I'm not going to say his playing style is my favorite type of playing style. I'm not. I've never been a huge ISO guy, but he basically took what. Allen Iverson was doing and like and built off it you know his step back three originated with with Iverson um and as someone who's a fan of the game and grew up watching Iverson it's been kind of cool seeing someone build off that well and he also he's he's deceptive in that in this series a couple times I've thought well he's not really having a great game and then I look up and he's got like 35 points I mean he's he's just he he can just go on these bursts and and really, you know, take a team. I, I wouldn't say that he he never really took the Warriors out of the game yes, yesterday, but um, you know, he was the reason they they won it. Um, their their 
increased aggressiveness plus James Harden being James Harden. He's he's really, I mean, I would say he's probably, if we're going to call Kevin the best player in the league, he's probably the second best player in the league. I mean, you can make the argument he's the best scorer. He averages 37 points per game, most points per game since Michael Jordan, and I think 86, 87. I wasn't born in 86, 87. Um, so that, that speaks to his greatness. But, um, no, it's, it's one thing about Harden though is he actually hasn't done that well in the playoffs. I mean, yes, he had 41 points last night, but he wasn't especially efficient. Um, he had a minus four, uh, on the game. And Mike D'Antoni said, you know, Harden can go to another level. And I think that's a, kind of scary for the Warriors because, you know, they're they're up 2-1 and Harden hasn't really gone off the way he can. And I think Harden and Chris Paul, for that matter, have a lot to play for in this series. They're not just playing for their season, but they're playing for their legacies in a lot of ways. Who knows, you know, how many more chances they'll get um, at, at a potential finals. And I do feel confident saying that if the Rockets somehow beat the Warriors, that they can beat the winner of Denver Portland. And I think they can hold their own against any team in the East. Uh, we're watching in, in the back right now is Denver Portland. And I honestly feel like both of those teams are, aren't even in the same stratosphere as these two teams. So um, this is, this is a big moment for, for that team. And I almost find their storylines more interesting than the Warriors because it, it just, I feel like it means more for them. Well, yeah, I mean, I would agree. They they haven't gotten there. Um, they've been thwarted. They were, you know, obviously, as we've seen with all the noise surrounding this series, very bitter over the way things played out um, a a year ago in the Western Conference Finals and, and highly, highly, highly motivated. Um, so we'll have to see. I mean, I think I think that's one of the intriguing things about this series is that it seems like there's a lot still that can be done. Um you know, Harden could have a, you know, a, an even better game. Curry has yet to go off. Clay has really yet to um, hit one of those Clay, you know, in the zone moments. Um, the only player who who might not be able to get any higher in terms of a peak is Durant. But you never know because he's kind of blowing our minds on a nightly basis. So there's still, um, you know, the cap has not been put on this series yet in terms of effort um or or um performance so i think that that makes you know this game four coming up intriguing and game five and if there's a game six and if there's a game seven who knows it's all it's all good it's going to be a a very interesting week and now after that long break now we go four five six seven all within the next week if if need be what's your gut tell you right now i mean i i hate predicting things because it makes us look silly but What's your gut tell you? Does this are we going to be back in Houston for a game six? Um, my gut tells me no, just because uh, I expected them to win game three because they were desperate. But I still think the way, you know, there's something to be learned from the way uh, games one and two played out that the Warriors are the superior team. But uh, like you said, I hate predicting because then someone will say you. You know, I mean, who knows? I mean. Who knows? That's the beauty of sports, right? Let's wait yeah. and see what happens. <laughs> if I, we could predict, we would. We'd already have all our reservations. Yeah. We know when we were going on vacation. Uh, we don't get to do any of that. 
Um, I, I will say I, I agree with you. I I, I think a lot largely because I think the Warriors have a lot of untapped potential still. I think if if Steph can just return a little bit to the Steph we we are used to seeing and Clay can have a clay night, uh they'll be they'll be winning convincingly. So uh and I really appreciate you joining me on the pod. It's been awesome having you in Houston. And uh you know thanks for the modelo. I always appreciate it. No problem. Happy Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I want to thank Ann Killian for joining me on the podcast. It's always fun picking her brain and chatting about the Warriors. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and email me at cleturno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Hold up. 